you got Problems that you ought to be concerned with Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it Or what to do with it Or how to keep it You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret But you're not the only one Get your hidden financial fears With a blast of sun Now your healing has begun It's bad with money with Gabby Dunn Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money Mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn, and oh boy have I recorded some awesome interviews for the upcoming episodes of Bad With Money. I've talked to spiritual economist Patrice Washington and money and trauma expert Chantal Chapman. I also recorded a veganism episode with activist Christopher Sol Eubanks, so I expect that one to get lots of feedback. I cannot wait to share those episodes with you. Drum roll. Guess what? Bad With Money is finally coming back. We are starting brand new whole episodes on Wednesdays again on March 16th. Mark your calendars. Our first episode explains how you can invest in ESG funds, aka an attempt at ethical investing. March 16th, we are back March 16th. I know you guys have been loving these uh, mailbags and we will still be doing them, but full episodes March 16th. I'm so excited that we finally have a date. So on today's show, we're going to cover emails from you all about student loan repayment options, capitalism's history through slavery, life insurance now that one of your parents have died, and replies to whether or not cryptocurrency can be progressive. In the second half of the show, I will be listening to your voicemails. Yes, that's right. We have a few actual voicemails. I'm so excited. I'm going to read a couple of your recommendations for coding boot camps, and I'm going to read a list of our new patrons. So stay tuned. This is an email from Zoe, and it says, Hi, Gabby. I was listening to last week's mailbag episode, and I'm someone who listens to stuff while working from home. Podcasts help me focus on repetitive tasks, but the background conversations in the office used to distract me. Weird. Well, I think that might be because you might have to get involved in those background conversations, whereas podcasts, it's like unlikely that I'm going to go, Zoe, although I've just done it. And I wanted to write in because I have a public sector job that isn't teaching, state government, and had been there barely six months when we went remote for COVID. Now it sounds like that might continue to be an option for everyone whose work can be done from home after the pandemic, but I'm afraid to believe it until it happens. I'd read a lot about public service loan forgiveness when I graduated, but only later found out my state has a tax credit for student loan payments. The credit can be claimed for any degree, depending on graduation year, but only STEM degrees get a refundable credit, which means all their payments can be refunded up to a benchmark, which I used in 2021. Employers making payments for employees can claim a credit too. I think PSLF is probably the better option for people working in public service if they can't get a refundable credit. But using a similar state credit, if it's available, could be helpful while working toward PSLF. My college also had an LRAP program, which I received $400 from before learning about the tax credit. Those programs also offer public student loan forgiveness, but have annual applications. I can't remember if these student loan repayment options have already been covered on the pod, but I was surprised when I first learned about them and feel like they could be better advertised. Ha ha. Uh, Yes, tax credits are huge. Uh, Please look into those. I'm so glad everyone is writing in with ways to help each other. The point of this podcast is to get as many voices as possible so that everyone can benefit from everyone else's different life experiences. So thank you, Zoe. Okay, this is an email from Kay. The subject line is redlining began with capitalism through slavery, not government through the New Deal. Also, we're in a transnational capitalist system and governments and corporations aren't separable. I feel like this is going to be again about that libertarian email, but it's actually now a response to what Allison said when they wrote in talking about the libertarian email. So here we go. 
Hi, Gabby. I agree with much of what Allison said in response to the Libertarian email. However, their history of redlining began too late. It was also odd that she used redlining as an example of something blamed on capitalism because I've almost always heard it blamed on politicians, but that's just an aside. Look, I think we can blame both. (laughs) Anyway, the email continues. Redlining did not start with the government through segregation and the New Deal. Redlining's roots are in slavery, which relied on an economic system much, much closer to a free market economic system than our current system. The practice of enslaving people to bring to the free world was a capitalist free-for-all, sometimes funded in part by governments, but it was private enterprise and mostly unregulated by government. Obviously, under the logic of free market capitalism, the cheaper the labor, the better, and you can't get cheaper than free. Thus, slavery. Slavery and racism were entrenched here before our government was even an idea. The United States government was born from and into a slavery-based economic and cultural system, so of course the colonial founders defended their interests, including slavery. People used the belief that black people weren't people at all to justify slavery. Most people literally believed that black people were not people, or they believed that black people were somehow less evolved versions of homo sapiens that therefore didn't need or couldn't handle the rights white people had. It was a feedback loop, profit-motivated slavery, which motivated racism, which motivated slavery, which you get it. Point is, profit motivation led to slavery, which led to racism, which led to segregation and redlining, because politicians needed to redline to get the majority of votes in a racist society. One of the most egregious oversimplifications is this desire to blame either capitalism or government, when in reality, capitalism and our government are completely enmeshed and inseparable. I think this is uh, your main thesis, if I had to guess. All the nations and all the corporations are intertwined. Even supposedly communist countries like China are really transnational capitalists. Even in North Korea, which is interdependent with China, which is interdependent with the United States. This system is unlikely to change in our lifetimes, barring world war or societal collapse. The ship has sailed. The choice is whether we want these corporations to have even more control over our governments and thus our lives. At least we get to vote on our government representatives, even if they are unduly influenced by corporate interests. We get no say whatsoever in what multinational corporations do, even if we participate in the stock market. The only stockholders with power over corporations are in the top 1% of the top 1%. I could go on and on, already have, sorry. Thanks for this podcast and just between us, I'm almost through the bad with money back catalog. Kay, she, her, or Kate, as she put it. This is such a great description of what we were talking about. Thank you. This is so well written. I really, really appreciate it. Now we have an email from Quill. It says, hey, Gabby, sorry for the late reply. I finally got caught up on Bad With Money after emerging from my latest audiobook binge fest and heard your request for more details about life insurance. Before writing this email, I did go back and listen to the 2019 episode Death and Money with Chanel Reynolds. Who boy, that episode hits different now that my mom died. TLDR. My parents bought a whole life insurance policy for me as a great investment. Ideally, I don't touch the policy, pay the premiums, aka let my dad pay the premiums, and let it accumulate value. If needed, I can borrow against the policy like an insurance version of home equity for something like a down payment on a house. Ha ha ha, in this market, fat chance. Hypothetically, if I'm a good little capitalist and don't die prematurely, my policy will start making money. However, stonks are probably involved. Stonks is an internet way of saying stocks. After I retire, I will be able to withdraw X tax-deferred dollars and use it to supplement my SSI and other retirement accounts. SSI is Social Security, for those who don't know. If I don't withdraw more than X amount, the policy will keep generating income for me to withdraw. LOL, okay, sure, Jan. That's also an internet meme, but I do enjoy it. Here's Quill's questions. Life insurance is worth having. My own experience and re-listening to Chanel's story drove that home. It really sucks that we live in a world where it's necessary, but there it is. Is whole life insurance really better than term life insurance? 
My grandfather is firmly on the side of whole life insurance. He also freely admits that he gets paid no matter what. The company makes bank on the early premiums. After a certain point, it doesn't matter if someone keeps their policy or not. A previous financial advisor I talked to said term life insurance is the way to go. I can't wait to hear what River Nice, my new super queer, super awesome financial advisor has to say. Please see my previous email about them for more info. <laughs> I, yes, I will refer back to your previous email, but I do remember that you mentioning River Nice, who is a uh, queer financial advisor. What about investing in non-life insurance strategy that can be paid out to beneficiaries? Is life insurance the best only option? Huzzah, you made it to the end. Uh, I'm so sorry, Quill. I actually cut out the middle. I feel like I owe you some sort of reward for making it through all that. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the matter. Keep up the awesome work and have an awesome rest of your day. Quill, they, them. Quill, I'm so sorry. I did cut out the middle of your email and just went with the TLDR. Uh, but yes, we are going to do an episode about life insurance because it keeps coming up. Okay, this is an email from Alex. It says, regarding your request for progressive perspectives on cryptocurrency, I don't think anyone has done it better than the YouTube channel Folding Lines and his video Line Goes Up. It's long and detailed, but absolutely worth your time. The TLDR is that cryptos are rotten to the core and there's nothing there worth trying to salvage. I actually have Line Goes Up on my computer right now and I'm like 15 minutes in, so I'm gonna finish uh, listening to it and then hopefully talk about it a bit more in our next mailbag. But anyway, Alex goes on. Some background that didn't make it into the video is that Bitcoin was created specifically to be a vehicle for the type of fantastical libertarian economics espoused by your recent caller. The process of mining was intended to make Bitcoin into a digital gold standard, and the gold standard is inherently regressive. It practically demands crashes, bubbles, wild speculation, the concentration of wealth into the hands of the already wealthy, market manipulation, and outright fraud. It is the opposite of the decentralized claims made by its proponents. And when scarcity is used as a basis for currency, it always leads to unnecessary panics due to currency crunches. The gold standard is beyond laughable as a serious proposal for modern currencies, and the myriad problems of crypto show why. I could go off on this for hours, but you probably get my point. Here's a link to that YouTube video. Do check it out if you get a chance. Still love the show. Best wishes, Alex. And then someone else wrote in to also recommend the line must go up. Uh, this person's name is Sarah, and they said, Hi, Gabby. In your most recent podcast, you had someone write in about wanting to learn more about crypto and how it seems very much linked to libertarian idealism. I have so many thoughts. The reason it seems this way is because it is. In the early years of crypto, they were pretty upfront about that. Cryptocurrency started after the 2008 housing crisis in which a corporate system saw many people make a lot of money while ruining the lives of millions. Cryptocurrency came from a desire to avoid the banks that caused this, but not through social reform, but by doubling down on capitalism. Their theory was that there needed to be less regulation. It wasn't that the system was bad. It was that they weren't the ones at the top. I followed the crypto space for many years, both from an economic perspective and from a group culture perspective. There is a current trend to try to rebrand as being socially responsible, but I think any good faith investigation into these claims falls apart easily. It is a system in which the ultra wealthy are in massive control and it is being held together by high control groups where any critique that crypto isn't the one true way of the future is shot down. The only way to prosper in that economy is to buy in early or already be extremely wealthy, which when people don't, the community tells them it's their fault for being stupid. But what about the people who literally can't right now? Like a 13-year-old whose economic future would be screwed just due to their age and inability to buy Bitcoin as a child. 
The absolute best explanation of all this comes from Dan Olson from Folding Ideas. If you could get him on the next season, I might die. And then Sarah recommends The Line Must Go Up, which, yes, I will actively watch. I promise. Sarah says it is worth the whole two hours and might help to start fix the YouTube algorithm of the person who first wrote in. That's a reference to Hugh who wrote in about cryptocurrency. So, yes, Hugh, give The Line Must Go Up a watch, I guess. I know you probably won't read this on the podcast, but please, please watch this video. Well, joke's on you. Thanks again for your wonderful show. I always look forward to new episodes coming out and seeing what all your other upcoming projects are, Sarah. Okay, amazing. We're going to go to commercial and when we return, I will listen to your voicemails and read new patrons. Stay tuned. Now we're going to hear from Frankie in Minnesota all about pet insurance. Hi, Gabby. This is Frankie from Minneapolis. Um, I don't think you've talked about it on your show, and I really think you should talk about pet insurance. Um, A lot of people don't think about it, and I've had two cats with major medical emergencies that have, you know, cost three grand out of nowhere, um, and it's a lot cheaper than people think it is. Uh, So I would really, really suggest that as a topic for a future show. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yes, pet insurance has come up a couple times on this show. It might be good to pair it actually with an episode about life insurance. I am a bad, bad boy and I don't have pet insurance for my dog. Knock on wood, knock on wood. So I'm definitely going to have to look into that. Okay, next voicemail. Hey, Gabby. My name is Dave, but I'm from Michigan. I just want to give you a shout and say thank you for all the awesome content you've made and I've learned a lot. I also want to ask you some questions like how do you keep yourself pushing through the times of doubt or even what do you use for inspiration personally to continue reaching your goals? What are some good ways to also generate leads from my business? I'm starting a microgreen business and a photography business, so any extra low-cost tips would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you're ever in Michigan, feel free to support a small business and contact me to do a shoot. Oh, thank you so much, Esteban. That was actually an incredibly flattering voicemail. I really appreciate it. And good luck on your ventures. Well, I have a lot of um, different... I have a lot of different pans on the fryer. I don't know if that's how you say that, but I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I very much have a bunch of different things going on. Um, Not too many to overwhelm myself, but let's say I'll have like four different things going on in terms of like generating revenue. And then I try to make sure that at least if one of them isn't working, the other one is. I've had a lot of luck with Patreon just because it's like a kind of steady income. I'm able to share stuff on there that that makes people feel special and makes them feel like, wow, I'm really getting to see this stuff you know, ahead of time. So like for your photos or um, for like uh, news about your micrograin business, you know, if people are interested, they might pay a couple dollars to get access to that stuff early. Um, I think in terms of low cost, I mean, building up an Instagram is really important. I was kind of shameless a lot in the beginning where I would really just like tag people or message people that I was inspired by. Uh, I've actually messaged like, probably a hundred different celebrities to come on bad with money. And I have gotten one response. (laughs) So like it is a numbers game. It will feel really embarrassing and silly and foolish and fruitless for a while until all of a sudden it works. And I think it really is just not getting so caught up in the rejections, but being more excited about if something does work out. It's definitely going to feel like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall for a while. But um, if you get one yes out of like 100 tries, that's worth it. Like you're the only one who sees all of your rejections. You're the only one who sees all the work that goes into these things. 
So you can't get that one yes unless you ask a hundred times. And and ask people, say, can I take pictures of you? Uh, I want to put them on my Instagram. A lot of times, like big name people are not going to say no to that. I love when people take pictures of me. It sucks that you have to kind of do a little bit for free in order to get your name out there, especially in the pursuits that you personally are pursuing. If you were someone who like transcribes or is selling a product, I would be less likely to tell you to do stuff for free. But that's what sucks about being in a creative field, unfortunately, (laughs) in that regard. Just asking people around you or asking friends, even like if I have my, my, like when my book was coming out, I emailed like 200 people on my email list to say, hey, will you post about my book? It's annoying. But if, you know, three or four people with followings posted about my book, like that made a difference. Um, I think it's really just about like having the confidence and being a little bit shameless. (laughs) And now I'm going to read a couple comments from Discord about coding boot camps. This one is from the person who first talked about coding boot camps, and they said that they went to one called App Academy. And then uh, another listener named Danny said that they went to a boot camp called Launch Code, and they are actually a nonprofit, so there's no cost to take part in their program, and they help you get placed with a full-time job once you're done. So if anyone was interested in the coding boot camps that we talked about, those are two by name that you can look into. And finally, welcome to our new patrons, Whitney and Helen. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much to Esteban again for that lovely voicemail. I love all the voicemails, but um, I really do appreciate people who are trying to remain motivated when I know that it is so hard and it is such a long game. Like you want it to be quick. You want everyone to know what you're offering. And like it, it just takes longer than you would want it to and more perseverance than you would want it to. But I believe in you. That's our show. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We are on Instagram, Discord, Patreon, and Facebook, patreon.com slash Uh, All the links will be below. The Facebook and Instagram and Discord are always popping off. And don't forget to listen to the show on the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Thank you. Bye.